there and welcome to Thrive Church Podcast here in Puyallup, Washington. We're so glad you found us and hope you enjoy listening to this sermon of the week. to do this morning, um, but I, I want to just share kind of some stories, some encounters that I had with God that have brought me here and kind of stirred me with what I want to do today, but um, at the conference that we were at at New Horizon, um, Jennifer Ives, I almost forgot her name, <laughs> she was speaking and she was ministering, she was telling us stories about her life and Uh, She told us a story uh, about when she was preparing to go and preach, um, and I don't remember where, but she was going to go preach at a conference, some other country, um, and she encountered just a a bunch of warfare. She actually got really, really sick, uh, was having trouble breathing, and um, so she was just, uh, she was praying uh, one night. She was up to like two or three o'clock in the morning, partly because she was having trouble breathing and partly because she was praying. And she just, um, as she's in her, she's in her bedroom at night and she's just, she actually went, this is what she described. Uh, so I, I'm, I can't, I've never done it quite like this. So I've, I can't really tell you how it worked for her, but she, what she described was she, her spirit went to different ones of her intercessors that prayed for her regularly into their house. Like she actually went to them and woke them up from their sleep and told them, asked them to be praying for her. And uh, so she didn't actually leave her house or her bedroom, but she, uh, she right there just, I don't know how she did this. <laughs> like I said, I don't know. But she went to them in the spirit and woke them up. And, and basically said, I need you to pray for me. And then she did tell us later that, that uh, you know, when they, when they were together, I guess probably the next Sunday that they were together as a church, that she went to those exact intercessors and asked them, so did you pray for me? And all of them said no, except for one. And then this is what the one said. The one said, yes. You came to me in the middle of the night and you shook me and woke me up and asked me to pray for you. So I woke up right then and I began to pray for you. (laughs) So the other ones didn't get the message, but that one did. (laughs) Not amazing. Um, But when she told that story, I mean, I'm sitting there in the conference, I'm sitting next to Angie and there's a group of us that are there and, uh, and we're, we're just listening and um, encountering this amazing woman as she was ministering. And I actually saw myself, it's like a, one of those quick mini visions that I, I saw myself um, actually doing the very same thing to all of you. I don't know if I was just trying to imagine what she was doing, but I actually believe I was encountering God, that he was showing me something. What I saw myself doing was coming to each of you where you were and, and, and shaking you and waking you up. And I was, I was saying to you, wake up, wake up, wake up. And there was a sense that, that God was waking, that God was wanting to awaken us to begin to pray, to begin to to. to, to to shift some things as we are moving forward um, 
in the things that we're going after. Uh, and there's, a, um, I think I shared this other story that was kind of uh, connected because there was, it was just right after this that I saw this next vision from the Lord. But I saw myself stand up. I was here at the ministry center um, and I saw myself, I was outside sitting down and I saw myself stand up and when I stood up, the, the top of the roof was about at my waist. And I could see all across the valley, and I and I was I was I was facing this direction, and I was I was prophesying, and I was uh, commanding the great the grace of God and and, and transformation to begin to take place in in the uh, eastern part of our city, and, and it's very interesting because since we uh, had to have decided that we want to find a different place for us to meet on Sunday mornings, and we've been looking and we've been. Uh, um, we've been kind of just testing the waters and seeing what's available. I've been very focused, interestingly enough, on the east part of our city. And I've just, and I believe that God is speaking something. Uh, he wants to bring redemption to that eastern part of our city. He wants to, I mean, uh, literally what I remember, some of you will remember that when we moved from the building that we owned into this facility here that I had felt like we really wanted to be focused over here on the west side of, of our city. So we weren't looking over there on the east side. We were only looking here on the west side. I, I kind of believe kind of twofold. Like one is like God wanted us to get here, right? We have to get here to go to where we're going next. So this is where we are for now, but he wanted us to get here. But part of the thing that began to happen in my spirit is I, I realized that one of the reasons that I wanted to look on the west side when we were looking for, for this place, one of the reasons was that when I was over on the east side, I felt kind of like there was restriction. There was there wasn't fruitfulness. There was like some, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, it was very much emotion. It wasn't like there was some intellectual thing that happened. I just felt like that's not healthy over there. Yeah. And I really can't describe it any better than that. I hope that you can just take it me for um, for what it's for what it's worth. And and I don't know. Other than that, I was like, and Angie and I both kind of had that same experience. Like it just doesn't feel like it's thriving over here. And we were looking for somewhere to thrive, right? So, um, <clears throat> so, uh, but one of the things that we had, that happened to my spirit since that time and, and once we began to, to once we decided that we were going to begin to look again for a place uh, other than this to have uh, one of the things that happened on the inside of my spirit was realizing that actually that's what we're called to do we're called to 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 go places that have darkness that have oppression that have brokenness in them and we're called to bring the light we're called to bring the thriving atmosphere to that, those atmospheres that don't have it are you with me? So uh, all of that kind of combined to say that I, that I have been very much focused on the east side. So we're still looking at things, and I'm not going to tell you. I mean, there's, there's, there is a specific piece of property that we're looking at right now, and God's speaking to us about some different things, but we don't really know exactly the course of action that we're going to take. So we're just we're kind of waiting. 
But I did feel like it was my job to come to each of you uh, and, and shake you violently. So we're going we're gonna to do that today. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that exactly today. But in, in a spiritual sense, I really feel like that's actually something that God wants us to do. So we're going to release some awakening this morning over each of you. So we're going to do that, um, but not quite yet. I'm going to share a few more things first. Um, just kind of a little bit of the journey of understanding. Some of this is like we're uncovering, like what is God saying to us and how, what's important for us to, to pay attention to. Um, right um, shortly after the conference, Helen, who, who we, um, Helen really operates uh, in a strong prophetic gifting. And, and we really see her um, emerging um, as, a, as just a prophetic voice in our community here um, and in the, in, the, in the region as well. She's just really doing some amazing things there. But um, she just actually connected with Angie and I and began to share some things that, that um, I'm looking for it in my notes. I hope it's here. I'm all lost now. I may not have it here in my notes. I might have to actually find it somewhere else. Yeah, it's not here. Um, all right. She began to just share with us what, what God was speaking to her about. Yeah, this is it here. And this is what she shared. Uh, she said uh, she wanted to start in Zechariah 4. And, and, and she, when she shared here a few weeks ago, she shared out of this very same scripture. So some of you will remember that. But uh, Zechariah 4 starts like this. It says, Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. And what she, what she said was this. She said that she's been experiencing awakening in her own life. And, in, and she shared a little bit about just how God shifted some things in their home and in, in their marriage uh, because there was, a, and, and what she said is that this same angel, this awakening angel was visiting us. And I don't know, I mean, some of you that might freak you out, like there's the awakening angel. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that freaks you out. Maybe that excites you. I don't know. I, I don't know how to partner with it other than to say, you know, angels are in the Bible, so I expect they're still around. Um, and if they have these these different roles that, you know, some of them come and they, they, they war, some of them come and they bring awakening, I, I'm all good with that. I know that there was some prophet, uh, prophetic voice that was... Uh, talking about the, the, the harvest angel, and they called him Harvey, um, the Harvey angel um, that, was, that was releasing a great harvest. Uh, anyway, so I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works, but I, ba I basically just, I'm going to just receive it. Can you do that with me? Just like, I don't know what it means, but we'll just trust that uh, we can, we can uh, let the Holy Spirit sort it all out. But the angel of awakening came and woke Zechariah up like someone awakened from sleep and he asked me what do you see 
And I believe this morning that as, as this ministry of the Holy Spirit is coming to uh, bring awakening in your life, that he's asking you, what do you see? And you're going to see something different than you saw before you were awake. What do you see? And he said, I, uh, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamp, to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Now, I just, I'm not going to read this whole scripture. It might be good for you guys all to go uh, to Zechariah chapter 4. Read through that and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about it. But basically, here's the picture. Um, he sees, um, he sees um, the, the lampstand. And on, uh, at the side of the, of the lampstand, there, there's a bowl. And then that bowl has it says seven channels to the lamps from the bowl this is a vision right he, it, it probably doesn't exist in reality it's just something that kind of this is what he was seeing so um i see a solid gold lampstand and, and if you picture the lampstand uh, a lot like um like the big like the jewish candlesticks right they have the seven different uh candles that stick up from the same lampstand, right? That's what he was seeing, uh, this, this, this lampstand with seven candles on it. And, and then next to it was a bowl, and it had seven channels that were going into the lamp, right? Are you following this? Um, and then next to this, there were two olive trees. Everybody say olive trees. There was one on the right and one on the left of what he was seeing. And what basically, if I could describe this for you, you'll have to read it to get all the details of how it was said. But basically, the olive trees were releasing oil into the bowl that was feeding into the lamps so that there was a perpetual, continual, non uh, non-ceasing flow of oil to light these lamps. Are you following that? Okay. So that's what Zechariah saw. And, and I just want to tell you that God wants to supply your life in such a way that you never run out. How many have ever run out? Like you get, you get worn down and you feel like totally empty. That's not the way God wants you living. That is not where God wants you to stay. He, he actually has, has called us to be fully living, breathing, awakened believers that are full all the time. We live from a place of fullness. That's where we're called to be. So that's a part of what I believe is happening here as, as, as I'm releasing awakening over your life. I'm partnering with the awakening angel this morning. <laughs> if you want to, I'm just going to ask you to just repeat after me. Say, awakening angel, come and wake me up. <laughs> All right. 
Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I just begin to look at some scriptures about awakening, awakening and waking up. And uh, I found a, a lot of really cool stuff. But um, one of the places I found it was in the book of Revelations when um, the apostle John is having this incredible encounter uh, and he sees all these amazing things. Uh, and for some of you, the book of Revelations, you might get freaked out. Like there's, I don't understand it. We don't have to. Don't worry, I'm not going to go into the depths of it today. But um, during, uh, at some point, uh, Jesus begins to talk to the Apostle John, and he begins to tell him to, uh, to write letters to these churches. Uh, there are seven churches that he writes letters to, and one of the letters that he writes is a letter to the church at Sardis, okay? It's in Revelations chapter 3. And I'm just going to read this first and I'll come back and we'll talk about it. But he says this, um, this is Jesus speaking to the apostle John. He says, write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Sardis. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know all that you do and I know that you have a reputation for being really alive, but you're actually dead. Uh oh. Wake up and strengthen all that remains before it dies, for I haven't found your works to be perfect in the sight of my God. So remember all the things you've received and heard, then turn back to God and obey them. For if you continue to slumber, I will come to you like a thief, and you'll have no idea at what hour I will come. So it's kind of a warning. One of the things that I thought was interesting is that he says to them, he says, you have the reputation for being really alive, but you're dead. Um, and I'm not trying to convince you that you're dead. I'm just trying to convince you that you're not walking in the fullness of life that Jesus has for you, right? And he's wanting to awaken us, right? And, and uh, so the interesting, the, the, the word... The name Sardis actually means, um, it means remains, or it means, uh, it could be translated those who have escaped or those who remain. Um, it also can, can mean red ones, like uh, fiery, red, hot ones. Uh, so it's the picture of their name that Jesus is calling to. He's saying, you're supposed to be burning hot, but you're dead. You're not fully alive and uh, it's, it's actually interesting we read this but it says in verse 2 wake up and strengthen all that remains um, that actually is kind of a, a Hebrew uh, play on words because the name of Sardis means remains like right so what he's saying is like you who remain wake up and strengthen what remains I just think that's kind of interesting. I always find these things interesting when they show up. They mean so much. But anyway, uh, uh, remember, therefore, what you've received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, this is a different translation, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. Now, here's what I want to 
convey here. I'm not uh, wanting to issue any kind of warning like God's, uh, Jesus is going to come to you like a thief or, uh, you know, I'm not, this is, uh, there's a lot more meaning here about what was going on in their time and it's not, it's not about us. But here's what I want to pull out of this section is that we are in a time, a season right now. This is a moment in God that, that the, there's a, the Holy Spirit is doing something. He's releasing something and he's wanting to wake us up to the fullness. He's wanting to stir us up to begin to, to live and walk in the fullness of who he's created us to be. And there's a, there's a, it's a, it's a season. It's not like, it's like, it's not going to last forever. What he's doing, he wants to stir it up right now. He's releasing something. He wants it to come, uh, us to come alive right now. Now, obviously, if that doesn't happen, you're still going to be, he's still going to want you to come alive, uh, you know, after this season is past. So it's not going to, that's not going to change, but there's a, there's a, a heavenly grace that he's released. He's released his awakening angel to come and shake you and me and wake us up. Are you getting that? I'm going to bounce around with some scriptures now. Luke chapter 9. I'll start at verse 28. And it says, about eight days after Jesus said this, and what he had said is, he said to them, there are those of you standing right here today that won't taste death before you see the Son of Man in his glory. So just in case you needed to know that, that's what he said. Eight days after he said that, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. And they spoke about his departure, which was he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Now, that's something that never stood out to me about this story. This is the story of the transfiguration of Jesus, right? It never, I never understood, never saw this in this, in the passage before that Peter, James, and John were asleep, while transfiguration is happening. I mean, just imagine this. Jesus is like, we're going to go to this amazing mountaintop experience. You're going to see something you've never seen and you'll never see again. No one ever will see it quite like this. You get to come see it with me. Let's go up on the mountain. And they go up on the mountain and they fall asleep. <laughs> Had you guys noticed that in this passage before? I hadn't. They were very sleepy and it says, but when they became fully awake. Everybody say fully awake. When they became fully awake, they saw his glory. And like I said, God wants to wake us up and he's going to ask us, what do you see? What do you see? Some, I, I don't think it's so much about what we see with our eyes. I'm asking, I think what happens is it's like, what do you believe? Maybe you can say it that way. What do you believe about who you are, about who he is? What do you believe? What do you see? He's going to shift our seeing in this hour. 
Here's another story. This is from Luke chapter 19. That was Luke chapter 9. This is chapter 19. Um, this is known as the triumphal entry. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you and your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now this picture here is, is not talking about anybody being asleep and needing to be woken, awakened. Um, but there's this picture of Jerusalem, the, the, the people of Israel, not being aware of the hour of visitation that was upon them. And Jesus is speaking to them, and he's saying, the days will come when your enemies are going to surround you. And, and if you know anything about history, that, that happened. The Roman army encircled the city of Jerusalem, and they, uh, they, uh, they wreaked incredible destruction on the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, it says of Jerusalem that there was blood running in the streets, and this is back in, in 70 AD. But this is the, the fulfillment of this prophecy of Jesus. But it comes to them, and he's saying, if you would have known, if you would have opened your eyes to see what was happening, you would have, uh, you would have been, become aware of the hour of visitation, but you, it, but now it's hidden from your eyes. Is what it says in verse forty-two there. So I'm, I, I'm just encouraging you this morning because I'm, we're not talking about destruction coming to your life. That's not what I'm preaching about. What I'm saying is that there is a time frame where God is releasing uh, 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 an enablement. A grace from heaven, a supernatural power that's being released. A moment in time where we can partner with heaven and see chains fall off our lives. See us begin to awaken and see things in a new way. There's something that's being released. It's a supernatural grace and it's right now. Now is the moment. Now is the season. Don't wait for another time. The Jewish people were looking for another time. They were thinking Jesus was, that the Messiah was going to come another time. They were looking for it to look different and feel different. But I'm telling you this morning it's not going to look different than right now this is your moment this is your day wake up wake up and see it this this is all in this progression now jesus the, the triumphal entry he comes into jerusalem and there's all this worship and craziness he's like being adored by the people <laughs> doesn't last long right not long from from this um is the crucifixion. The same people hurling insults at him. In between those two events, we have, uh, we have several things that happen. We have uh, Jesus goes to the temple and he drives out the money changers from the temple, right? 
And then, uh, then we have the, the Last Supper, as it's called. And Jesus is sitting with his disciples, and, and, and he, um, he's washing their feet, and he's telling them about the fact that there's one of them that's going to betray him, right? Uh, are you remembering this? So I'm just kind of filling you in on the timeline of what's happening. This is the same weekend, if you will. So uh, the same week. So Jesus goes from the triumphal entry to this place of pronouncing there's, a, there's, a, there's someone who is going to um, deliver him over to, to the, the people in charge. And he's going to be, he's going to be taken and cruel, uh, cruelly beaten and, and killed. He tells them this. And then he takes with them Peter, uh, James, and John, these same three guys. He takes these three guys and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, which Gethsemane actually, uh, it's actually, an, it was an orchard because it was olive trees. That's actually the name Gethsemane means the oil press. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that, that interesting thought. He comes in on uh, uh, riding on the colt, right? And, and in, in, this, in the story is this Mount of Olives. Did you catch that there in the story? He, and, and this is this mountaintop experience for Jesus. They're all worshiping him. You're amazing. The miracles you've done, they're incredible. And then he goes to the garden of the oil press, how, how many know that life has both? Life has both. You have the moments of this abundant olive mountain. Like the oil is flowing. It feels good. Life is happy. And then you go through other moments where it's like, I feel like I'm pressed on every side. The, the pressing of the Lord. I'm not going to get too theological there, but just I thought that was interesting. But he goes to this garden of Gethsemane and he, he takes Peter, James, and John with him. And guess what happens? You got it. They fall asleep over and over again. He's just told them at the Last Supper, I need you to come with me. This moment is really important. I mean, I'm going to be delivered over to, to the magistrates and I'm going to be killed. They're going to kill me and I need you to help me out here. Come with me and come and pray. Uh, they had this habit of like falling asleep at the wrong time. Let's go up on the mountain. I'm going to show you something you've never seen. They fall asleep. Let's go pray. They fall asleep. And it doesn't just happen once. This time in this story, it happens three times. He comes back to them and he's like, what happened? We started praying together, but you fell asleep. What happened? Do you lack the strength to stay awake with me for even just an hour? <laughs> I mean, we can laugh at Peter, James, and John and think, man, they are just, they are bad. Wow. <laughs> How many know that we have the same tendencies? That God wants to wake us up, but we like, we're like, no, it's really comfortable when we're sleeping. My eyes just, they just won't stay open. 
God wants to show you something in this hour. And I'm telling you right now, he wants to bring transformation to your life. He wants to see you begin to step into the fullness of who, uh, who he's called you to be and how he's called you to live. But we could be sleeping. We could be comfortable. And we could miss our moment. Romans 13 says this, verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Ephesians 5. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Uh, I thought it was really powerful, Dale, what you released during worship about the light. Because uh, it really, for me, it connected to this, this passage here. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. I'm just gonna just stop and just let you kind of absorb that one little verse. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Okay, so just imagine you're in a dark room, right? And you can't see anything and the lights get flicked on, right? All of a sudden, everything that could not be seen is now visible. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. That part's easy to understand, right? We've probably all experienced something like that. We're, we're in a dark place. All of a sudden, the light comes on like, oh, I can see now, right? Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. But listen to this part. This is a little bit supernatural because it says this and everything that is illuminated becomes a light that's not normal right how many times when you flick on the light in your bedroom when it's dark all of a sudden things start to glow like they become a light themselves no, never. That never happens. It's a supernatural thing that's being declared here. Uh, everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's what's happening. Uh, Isaiah speaks to it. He says, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. If you read through those, that, those verses, I'm not even remembering where that passage at. I think it's like Isaiah 60 or uh, 61. Is that right? Somewhere in there. I knew it was kind of close to there. Uh, so look it up. You probably want to read it. But it, it talks about how that once we've been illuminated by the light of Christ, it's talking about Christ. It doesn't identify him there. It's in Isaiah, obviously. We actually shine like lights. We shine because he's shining us. We reflect the light of Christ to the world around us. And this is, this is verse 14 now. I've only read verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 5. Now verse 14. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, 
sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What's this, what's this saying? This is a warning to them about the fact that this time of waking up was a short time. Now, in the context here, he's talking to them about uh, all that's happening in their world. I mean, they're about to see Jerusalem be besieged by the Roman army. So he's telling them, you're only going to have a short time. Wake up while you have a chance. We don't have the same thing happening now. <laughs> There's no one going to surround Puyallup and kill us all. That's not going to happen. But in the spirit, there's this sense of this time frame of time, opportunity. There's, it's a moment for us to catch what the spirit of God is doing in, our, in, in this hour and wake up. Wake up. So be careful. Don't let your eyelids get heavy. Prop them up with toothpicks if you have to because it's time to wake up. Now here, here's the, my favorite part here. Verse 18. Um, this is going to be a familiar scripture, but it's not going to be in a familiar context because we usually, we pull it out of context and just talk about this verse by itself. So, right, we have um, everything exposed by the light becomes visible and illuminates, becomes a light. Wake up, sleeper. Be careful. It's important to make sure that we don't miss this hour and this moment. And then it says this, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, debauchery, how do you say that? Don't do it, okay, there we go, I'm sorry, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's what Jesus wants right now for us. I'm just telling you guys what we're, what he's releasing this morning. It's a waking up, but it's a waking up to be filled with the spirit. There's something new and fresh that he wants to release over you in your relationship with him, your ability to connect with him, to your ability to have the Holy Spirit work in you and through you is being upgraded in this morning, in this moment. This is a moment, it's a Holy Spirit empowered moment. We have uh, this amazing story of, uh, I'm bouncing all over the gospel, so I apologize, but actually I don't, but um, just hang with me here. But this is from Mark chapter one, and um, John the baptizer, John the Baptist is baptizing people uh, into, into repentance. He's calling them to repent. He's telling, he's preparing the way. He knows his role. Like, my role is, I'm not, the, I'm not the Messiah. That's not me. I'm the one who goes before him, and I prepare the way. I prepare the way, and I say, wake up. <laughs> don't be the way you've been being. Don't, uh, don't, don't stay asleep. Now, they've had 400 years of nothing going on in the Spirit. Nothing happening. And John is there to wake him up, say, hey, something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Wake up. 
And, and so John is doing, he's, he's releasing his baptism of repentance. And he, and he, he's, he's asked about it. He tells them who he is. I'm the one saying, I'm, I'm in the wilderness calling, prepare the way of the Lord. And then he says, he says, there's one coming. I baptize you with water, but there's one coming who I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Wake up and get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I like that idea. Proverbs 9 says, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 6. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? I used to hate this scripture. <laughs> Don't call me a sluggard. Just because I like my sleep. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say there's something being released in this hour. Wake up to the awakening angel. Wake up to an upgrade for you, for your life in Christ. Wake up to fullness. Um, I'm going to, I'm actually done. So I'm, I want to, uh, holy cow. Yeah, why don't you come right now? As John was speaking this morning, I just was feeling the Lord um, speak to me um, about my life. And I felt like, I could share what he's speaking with me and maybe that will help you. But I just felt like we're entering, about to enter into a new season. It's kind of like, feels like a highlighter. Like Pastor David said, um, just, I don't remember when it was, but felt like this season, this winter season is going to be about three months, like a winter season. Well, March is coming, as we know, like really soon next week. And I'm just feeling like, you know, the spring is about here. But it's like, what's been okay in this season, I feel like Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to want you to leave that behind, some of those things. You know, I'm thinking of my nighttime before bed routine, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you know, that was fine for a season. I didn't say that, but I need you to adjust that. That's not going to work going forward, because I need you to, you know, do something different or not do something, you know, those kinds of things. So I feel like in John's word, there's a grace for us to be asking right now to hear and to kind of get ourselves in this new alignment. You know, maybe we need to, um, you know, it's uh, just heard like, you know, change the tires on the vehicle or whatever. You know, it, it doesn't really seem to apply today. But if you had snow tires on, they're not good for the new season. That's not what you want to be outfitted in. Um, they're they still work for today, though. But um, the scripture that this morning in my quiet time, um, I just heard the Lord in John 7, 37 and 38. Um, then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones, come to me, come to me and drink. 
believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. It's like, I'm about to do something amazing. All I need you to do is realign. Just come to me. That's all I'm looking for. Come to me and then this will happen. I will do it. So I just felt that um, this morning that, you know, again, we just... Um, feel like God's saying stuff. We want to help and equip, but you guys are all here because you just want what God has, the fullness of what God has, each one of us. That's why we're here. And so I just feel that there is this um, grace. I mean, God is so loving to just say, hey, take my hand. This is where we're going. So. Cool. It's getting late, but we're going we're gonna to release some ministry here. Angie and I are going to, what we'd like to do is have um, the opportunity really quickly to just um, lay hands on each of you and just speak to you. I'm not going to shake you violently, I promise. But if you could hear what's happening in the spirit, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm shaking you and saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. But I'll be gentle when I touch you, I promise. Okay, so uh, what, here's what I'd like to do just to kind of orchestrate this. We're not, there's not a lot of us, so this shouldn't take a long time. But if we could kind of like, um, we're going to kind of have like the reverse fire tunnel almost. It's like, we're going to stay still and you're going to walk through, I guess it's sort of a normal fire tunnel, except for it's not, it's like a line. So um, if you would line up like right here and then just kind of go out there uh, through that, that aisle and you can go, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. We're not forcing anyone to do this, but um, I believe there's a release in the Holy Spirit being uh, uh, released today. So if you want that, you're hungry for it, come get it. 